Hello and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we review movies, TV shows, and pretty much anything else pop culture. Today we'll be discussing the inaugural episode of Marvel Studios' latest Disney Plus entry and the first animated MCU project, Marvel's What If. My name is Ivan, and I'm joined today, as I am every episode, by my good friend and keeper of the Book of Souls, Emmett. Uh, you got to be more specific. Is that the Iron Maiden? Book of Souls. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking <laughs> when I wrote this intro. <laughs> I I, can't, I didn't know if that was a Marvel thing or not. What's Wanda's book? The Darkhold. Oh, There's that so had much books. more of a Book of Souls looking thing. Right? Yeah. Well, like, the, all these things were created back in the 60s and the 70s. You got to wonder what was going through people's minds at that time when they're like, hey, this sounds like a good name for whatever <laughs> they were coming up with at the time. You can put almost any noun in there, though. Book of whatever. True. So we're taking a look at something very interesting today. You and I were both kind of on the fence as to how to feel about um, this series. But I think regardless of what our thoughts are, it definitely is unique. And a different take for what Marvel normally does. Yeah, I think coming into it, we're both intrigued by the t- the uh, potential of the show. And then after watching the first episode, we're both uh, still on the fence. I mean, it's rather new. And we don't know exactly where they're going with it or whatnot. But we thought it was worth at least uh, just talking about the kickoff of the What If series. Uh, not necessarily if we're sure if we're going to do every single episode. But uh, maybe... At the very least, we'll just do like a wrap-up one of all of them. Yeah, or we'll check in every now and again when we think there's something really good. Um, but we uh, we did take a week off there, so we wanted to uh, get back on the mics, get back in the booth. Uh, there's a lot of news since the last time we talked. The biggest one has to be the ScarJo controversy, right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's probably the biggest one. Probably the most consequential one, too. And, like, I... I am surprised that it is an issue because we it was delayed by so much. I thought they had everything figured out. And, like, it wasn't a secret that it was going to come out in theaters and on Disney Plus uh, to be paid for at the same time, right? Yes, I think from, from my understanding of the situation, uh, a lot of the payout for Scar- Scarlett Johansson was going to be based off of the number of tickets that were sold. And so the agreement Purely was... theater tickets, right? Yeah, yeah. So her paycheck depended on that opening weekend. And so as a result of the Disney Plus release, she, what was it, like 60 million, I think, that they earned from the Disney Plus Premier Access stuff? Um, She's getting none of that money. She's only getting a portion of the theater tickets uh, that were sold for that weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, um... was it not in the contract? Like I half paid attention to the, the uh, details of everything, but was it not in her contract that that was going to happen? Like she had no idea that she was blindsided because I feel like we knew it was coming out the same day for weeks or months. Like that's something that you could have brought up. <laughs> so from from all the, the from the Hollywood Reporter, I believe they, they were saying that they she had actually reached out to them back when the announcement was made for to renegotiate her contract and basically to just work out a way so that she still gets some sort of payment for the Disney plus stuff. And according to the official statements, her uh, wishes were kind of ignored uh, by Disney. And so that's why she went ahead with, with the suit because she wasn't 
they, they weren't working with her at all and they weren't responding to her inquiries over um, adjusting her contract for it. Now, that surprised me because, and I think we had this conversation at the end of last year, but when they did this for Wonder Woman and all the HBO Max Warner Brothers pictures, Warner Brothers renegotiated everybody's contract to make sure that this kind of thing actually didn't happen. And it surprises me that a corporation as big as Disney just kind of passed on this and, and took the risk of getting sued like this very publicly. It's not a good look for them. And it's a real, not that this would make any difference if it was anyone else, but it's a serious fan favorite of like the original cast. Like, it's not a great look for someone who's been in it for 12 years or whatever it's been to stiff her like this and to not act in good faith for treating her right. Because, I mean, she is going to be severely, I mean, like, yes, we're still talking uh, many millions of what she'll get paid for, but um, it's significantly less than the rest of the, her, like, her counterparts. It is, and I feel like, you know, not to, I guess, kind of like uh, point fingers here, but I feel like I can't help but think that this is kind of, you know, Bob Iger stepped aside as CEO of Disney, and I feel like under his watch, none of this would have happened because it seemed like he had more of a handle on these kind of situations. But with Bob Chapek taking up that mantle, it seems like Disney's been going into more and more controversy since then. And this is another example as to why I think maybe the leadership change over there isn't such a good idea at the moment. Maybe they want to bring the old CEO back. Um, but the most curious thing for me, at least, is, and I don't know if you know this or, or if this, I, I doubt this is kind of like too broad of a uh, thing for people to have taken note, but for streaming services, actors get play, paid one flat um what do you call it fee i guess or they get paid once essentially but you don't get a cut of like how many subscribers you help pull into netflix or to disney plus or whatever that's never been on the conversation now it will be because of this um lawsuit and i feel like it's just such a it's such a like big blow to disney because i'm 100% sure that they're they're going to have to work this out outside of the courts i don't think they want to actually be taking the full uh through the full gauntlet there and actually end up having to pay more than if they just settle now yeah i don't know if i would support the uh giving a cut for new subscript like subscribers but if it's like a paid for movie on the service i 100 percent agree that she should get a cut of that so like I don't know if you can exactly measure somebody joined because of Black Widow, joined Disney Plus because of Black Widow, when there's so many other things that that person will probably watch as well. So, I don't know, maybe there there has to be a middle ground where it's like a certain percentage of every purchase for that specific movie, because then there's no doubt that that's why they came to Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, I just feel like it was very foolish of Disney to even let this pivot to this extent. Um, because now we have reports that Emily, Emily Blunt is close to suing them for the same reason. And uh, Emma Stone might be suing them as well. Both of them because, again, those were movies that were set to release in theaters. 
went to Disney Plus Premier Access, and they're not getting any cut of that uh, revenue. So we'll see how things kind of shape up, but it feels like this they kind of opened Pandora's box just now. Now, are you buying all of these movies? Did you buy Cruella and Jungle Cruise and Black Widow? I didn't buy Jungle Cruise. I did do Black Widow, and I did do Cruella. Um, but I I haven't been avidly like purchasing these premier access films. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting more or less. I'm trying to remember, like, did I, was Luca a premier access film? I know that was the other one that, that I, I did watch. Mulan. Mulan. I did purchase Mulan too. <laughs> so there's <laughs> You buy all of them. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely I, didn't do like, Jungle Cruise. I hover over that purchase button and then I never do. Like, I still haven't bought Black Widow or any of them. Because I'm just like, was it three, four months? I guess I'll just wait it out. Like, I am a huge rewatcher of movies. And if I had access to Black Widow, I probably would watch it two or three more times. But I don't know. I just feel like $30 is an insane price to ask for something that you're going to be giving to me free in a few months. That's true. And in my case, because I kind of share my access <laughs> of the Disney Plus account, um, between my brother and my sister-in-law, we tend to usually go to some of the bigger uh, blockbuster movies. So whenever these came up, it was always this conversation of like, would we have gone to the theaters to watch it? And the answer is yes. And we, we, I did make the purchase for, uh, for those. But it, I think it, for, for me, at least, it's like a case-by-case basis. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I feel like even bringing it down to like $20... I feel like they'd probably get more sales out of that. I, I I have to think that there is, I mean, there is obviously psychology behind this. There's been experiments for like delayed gratification and all that stuff. So I have to imagine though, that there would be a reward for the uh, purchase now. Like there has to be a price point where you would tip the scales and most people would just buy it. And I think you're right. It's probably around like 15, $20. Um, and especially if it's known that they were originally going to like charge you 30 or something like that, you know, I'd be a fan of if they said, here's 15, $20, right? Pay us 15, $20. You can watch the movie, let's say two or three times. Yeah. And then, you know, it'll be yours because you already paid for it in like seven weeks or so. But if you want to watch it again, during that time frame, then you have to cough up another fifteen twenty dollars. I feel like that's fair, because you're you're essentially doing the whole movie theater buying ticket experience there, uh, but with the promise that eventually the movie's going to be yours anyway. So you know, here watch it a few times for fifteen twenty bucks, and then enjoy it afterwards. But if you're impatient, you got to pay a little bit more. That I feel like might be the future. That's a smart uh, way to do it. Is if I wanted to go see it in the theaters, like with when I had the AMC pass, I would see these movies like two, three times. Um, and I feel like that's like the number of times I would want to watch it early on. And I feel like you're right. It's like if it's $10 for two viewings and then it automatically cuts off or you could like get pay $30 and you would also get like bonus features and stuff like that. Like that would all make sense to me. I think their fear is piracy. But I feel like there's no stopping piracy at this point. Like, like if Not somebody really age. wants to pirate yeah. a movie, they could they could do what they want, you know? Yeah. 
shaky hand cam. <laughs> but, but I think yeah, let's let. I mean, that's it's an interesting development to see what's going to happen here. Hopefully, the uh, the actresses win out on this one, and they kind of band together and uh, prevent it from happening for future people. Because it seems like this is going to be an ongoing theme, at least for the foreseeable future. Disney could definitely cough up the money. I mean, they just opened up that Star Wars hotel where it's like, what, $6,000 a night? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Also, are you down to go to Florida for this thing? (laughs) Honestly, I kind of want to go. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But if I don't buy any death sticks, then it's a failure trip. Uh, I know. And they have to service the Coca-Cola and the thermal detonator bottle or else I'm out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But moving on. (laughs) Yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home, the movie we love to talk about, but we're never getting a glimpse of, it looks like. We love to talk about it. I'm so over talking about it. You're the one who keeps putting <laughs> on this list. <laughs> Nothing's different. I said there was a lot of news that happened. This Who had nothing this happened. trailer, man? Where is... <laughs> Why do people feel so entitled that, like, they have to have a trailer? I don't... You know, for me, it's, it's more so of, um... I'm kind of... I'm a little suspicious of what's going on because if you think about it, movies, even like a year out, we get at least one teaser trailer or something. We're like, what, four months away from this happening? Um, And the only thing I can kind of think of, and it's something that's kind of been played up in, in rumors here, is that Sony might actually be looking to move the movie to next year because of the numbers uh, spiking up again for the pandemic. Which would suck. <laughs> I would. I think out of all the movies coming out, man, Spider-Man No Way Home is the one that I don't want them to move. Um, and I do want to go to the theater to watch this movie. Uh, but again, I don't know. I'm just kind of wary of like, if they are going to move it, I'd rather they just come out and say it. But it seems like that's kind of, kind of a given, I guess, at this point, because we have no preview for it yet, officially. Yeah, and the other thing I would say interesting about this movie is that like you may we've gotten what like three set photos released. How is that possible? Like how has it not been so much more? They've this is such a well-kept secret of filming. Um yeah, I mean like from from content because it seems like the plot has been leaked <laughs> multiple times. Well yeah, I mean like everyone knows like the actor list and of who's going to be in it and all that stuff, but like I would expect then that they would be like a lot of teasers and stuff and like just continue to build the hype and like all these what yep we're confirming that like Toby's here on set or something like that like right I'm I'm just so surprised that it's been so few and same for uh Thor's movie as well Yeah that that's true Thor wrapped up almost quietly too But who who knows I mean I I'm hoping I'm hoping it releases on time you know I'm more so curious as to why the trailer hasn't been released. Like, I could wait longer for it. It's just, I'm kind of suspicious now with the fact that it probably would be delayed. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I it is uh, interesting that, like, again, going back to the ScarJo thing, like, if it's fine enough to just release her movie and just pay her on ticket prices, it's interesting that, like, it's not fine enough to release this movie. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with this, too, because if they're forced to do a day and date release like they did with Black Widow, that's one movie where I won't hesitate. I'll pre-order that thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm i embarrassed to say that I would also be like, yeah, 
Spider-Man. Sorry, Scarjo. I wouldn't fork over 30 bucks to see yours, but uh, Tom Holland has my wallet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Suicide Squad released, which I, I gave my um, review of it. Yeah, boy, ago. were you wrong. <laughs> you, you saw it? <laughs> it was so bad. I loved it, man. I, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did you did you see it entirely? Yes. I did the whole thing. I was like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. And then I was like, all right, fine. I'll do this right. And I'll order up, like a lot of Chinese food. And I'll just like get like really get into the movie. And it was just so bad. I absolutely loved that movie. Um, I thought, didn't the woman who was like in charge of everything die in the first movie? Honestly, I don't remember the first movie all that much. <laughs> as soon as she appeared, I was like, wait, is this back in time or forward in time? <laughs> I, I the acting was so bad. I don't know any of these heroes. Um, And then, yeah, I guess the big win is that they were able to show blood this time instead of crystallized so that, zombies. Yeah, well, that's the one thing that I'll, I'll say as a knock on, on the film, because I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought... um. I also agree that there wasn't like a lot of good acting there aside from like maybe Idris Elba there, but even still, um, I just thought it was very wacky, kind of zany, very much in the spirit of the Suicide Squad comics. Um, also, none of these characters are, are at all in the in the public purview there. But the one thing I will knock against it is that it felt unnecessarily violent in a lot of places. Um, well, that's almost, the thing. Like, if you're gonna do it. They could have done it more like a Zack Snyder type of thing, like a 300. I feel like that would have been appropriate. Yeah, where it's like the violence is kind of reserved for like certain moments. But over here, it just felt like you're spilling guts to spill guts. And it, at some point, I just I found it a little distasteful about halfway through the movie, <laughs> which uh, after the opening scene, I feel like I was like, all right, mm, we might be heading into too much of a bloodbath here. Um, but it was it was uh, expected to earn about the mid thirties in terms of um, millions of dollars at the box office, and it looks like it couldn't even make that. It made around twenty six million dollars at the box office total. But why would you go pay to see this in theaters if it's free on HBO? Like this is the difference. Is like yeah, it, when you're looking at how Disney does theirs, it encourages people to go to theaters because it's thirty dollars to watch it at home. Versus whatever you're, okay, yeah, if you're going out with like your family or on a date or whatever, it's going to be around the same or even more. But just on an on a individual ticket basis, it's half that or less than half that, depending on where you live, um, to go see it in theaters versus HBO. People were HBO. expecting a big return here, though. Like, I, I feel like th there was an expectation that this was going to be one of the big hits of the summer. And... I, no, I don't know. Summer's over. <laughs> <laughs> so they waited too long. It's true. I also think that there's a bad stigma behind the original movie, so much so that I feel like, you know, the title isn't even that different from the original. So people are just going to look at it and they're going to be like, nah, the first one was not that good. So why would I spend money to go see it? Yeah. Did you see the uh, producer or the director of the first one said this was not the movie I wanted to release to? And now, and then people were like, "Release his cut." <laughs> yeah, um, David Ayer. Can't do right? this for every DC movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do have to say though, that kind of speaks to the mismanagement that um, Warner Brothers has done for DC. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
we're we're gonna get into talking about um animation in a little bit on Marvel, but like not to kind of digress a little bit, but DC's animation has been stellar. And I feel like it's it's such a shame that we can't get a good cohesive live action series going without having like this level of uh, of mess ups like all the time. You yeah, mentioned that it's just so poorly managed, and it's like it, for these directors to come out so much later and be like, "This was not the movie I wanted to make at all." It's I don't know why put your name on it then contractually <laughs> you don't get paid i well david I ayer and sex that'd be like that movie is on my list that got a 40 on a rotten tomatoes it's true but then you get blacklisted from the industry and you don't work on anything else that's kind of how it goes so i and Zack snyder and david ayer have been vocal about it before it's just that it hasn't come to public attention until more recently well then how are they not being blacklisted right now like to you're not only like not staying on the project you're actively against what the project they have been blacklisted from warner brothers like Zack snyder isn't being given another shot at another justice league movie and david ayer i think has moved on too i don't know what he's doing now but um what was it there was like a buddy cop movie that he made that i thought was really good but yeah i i I agree though like it's just it's not it's not a good look for dc overall yeah but yeah i can't recommend it so um but ivan can so take that for what it is maybe half watch it (laughs) watch five minutes of it and then make a decision you'll know pretty quickly i think so right like within the five minutes you'll know if you're in for a good ride or if you're not no you would you would know pretty fast Uh, another thing on the on the um, the news front, another the second trailer for Venom came out. Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. Um, Man, this is looking good. I really enjoy the fact that they got rid of that awful wig for <laughs> Woody no, Harrelson. No, that was such a good part of the outfit for Woody Harrelson. I did not like that wig <laughs> at all. <laughs> but Carnage is looking really good. Yeah, and it you're, it looks like we're gonna get the same level of like humor between between fighting that made the first Venom so good. Yeah, I'm glad that they stuck with Tom Hardy on this because I was kind of scared that they weren't if they were gonna make a sequel because Sony's pretty bad about like maintaining their talent. So I'm glad to see that they actually didn't uh, mess it up this time. And supposedly Kevin Feige's had some involvement in developing this movie, so. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Yeah, because th- they said that they could potentially put this into the MCU, right? They've kind of said, they've alluded to the fact that the, the both Venom movies do take place in the MCU, but they don't want to come right out and say it. I think maybe it has something to do with uh, waiting until after uh, No Way Home to kind of solidify that a little bit. I don't I know. I just don't but- want it to be like... Oh, the multiverse is open. Now we can bring in Fantastic Four and like the original Fantastic Fours and this. And uh, like, I don't want it to be like where everything becomes canon. Well, I feel like in that sense, you kind of explained that everything is canon, right? But at the same it's time, it's so not. lazy. It is lazy. I, I, 
I, I don't think they're going to bring back those original cast members into it. I think, if, if anything, we do have a shot at Venom being in the MCU. But Maybe even that Chris Morbius Evans back. Would... <laughs> if for Fantastic Four. Or we could get Michael B. Jordan back. Whichever one. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think for, for Fantastic Four, they're going to reboot that entire thing. Like, we're not even going to address that old cast. <laughs> I liked both of those movies. All three of those movies. <laughs> Rise of the Silver Surfer was okay in my book. I was a I, I'm a huge Silver Surfer fan, so Norin Red. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Flash, <laughs> circling back to to DC. Yeah, how did this get on our list? Um, you know, I thought I'd throw it in there. The the Flash is ramping up filming. There's been a lot of like plot details that have leaked. We know Michael Keaton's back as what is what is is this the show? No, this is the movie. As oh. <laughs> you're talking about that DC or that uh, the CW thing. CW. <laughs> oh God, no, no. Although I did enjoy the first season of that show. Afterwards, <laughs> I, I just I was like, no, I can't, I can't do this. All right, so um, it's a it's another DC EU movie. Great. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of doing like a soft reboot of the DCEU. So we'll have Ben Affleck's Batman back. We have uh, Michael Keaton's Batman coming in. And it's all going to make sense. Warner Brothers swears it's going to make sense. I have no idea how it's going to make sense. But Wait, where is Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman? So they've said that Robert Pattinson's Batman is off on his own Um "Quote unquote Earth," so he's he's in another he's in an alternate reality. Basically, can we just get that movie instead? That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> I really, uh, you know, I liked Zack Snyder's take on Flash, but I just don't trust any other iteration of Flash in that um, from that um, side of the DCEU. I, I say side because I don't even know what the heck they're doing. Like, is this all connected or is it not? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, that's the problem with releasing the Zack Snyder cut is, like, where do we pick up on? Because, like, that cut ended with a really good um, glimpse at the future of, uh, I forget what it was. Was this Armageddon's guy's, whatever his name was? Dark Side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever his name was. Uh, him, like, getting Superman onto his side. But we're never going to pick up that like that thread, are we? No, because the canon version of the movie is the one directed by Joss Whedon. That was the problem with releasing these director cuts. It's like, yeah, oh, wow, this is a great movie. But it's like, well, you'll never see it follow through. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Well, too bad. <laughs> we're going to have to start up a GoFundMe to see the rest of it. I'll, I'll donate $5. <laughs> You'll get a free tote. <laughs> All right, well that's right, a good news segment. Any any yeah. last things you can think of? No, I'm 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 dying to talk about this episode now. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into the first one being the Agent Carter theme. Do you want to do uh, the overview of our thoughts on this, and then we'll wrap up with um, the future of the series? Yeah, yeah, we can you, we can. Do you can tell overview. we prepared for this episode. Yes, extensively. I actually did. I, 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 whatever. <laughs> I put together a good note segment. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, well, I'll, I'll kick it off on the general thoughts overview. Uh, yeah. I think this is a very interesting idea for a series. 
uh, it has so many different avenues it can explore. And, you know, personally, I do enjoy doing like thought experiments and working on hypothetical situations. So this should be like right up my alley. But I'm just not excited for this show. And I don't know why. It's either because it's animated or maybe and like I've been spoiled with like the Wanda and Falcon and Loki series. Um, or maybe it's just like character choice that I just don't care about Peggy Carter. Um, I think the overall message of this episode was really good. And I can agree on it. But I feel like uh, a 20 minute episode is not enough to turn me into liking a character. In the way that like a Falcon having six hours made me like them and Wanda same thing. So what I take from that is that you're more of a Sharon Carter fan, not so much Peggy Carter. No, the whole Carter family line can go. <laughs> Except for Coach Carter. <laughs> I So I have a similar kind of view of this, too. Um, I feel like, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I, I grew up watching a lot of DC animated uh, series, movies, and I feel like DC has always killed it at the animation um parts of 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 the business right but this is the first time i'm seeing a marvel show produced by marvel studios and i feel like there's just something off about it i can't quite put my finger on it um i enjoyed it i thought the episode when you say off though are you talking about like stylistically or plot driven being off I think from a plot perspective, because essentially this episode was a retelling of Captain America 1. Um, and posing the question, like, what if we change this one element, which was, you know, uh, Peggy Carter gets the serum versus Steve Rogers. And while I think it's a very interesting concept, maybe it's because, I, we, you know, we've seen the full Captain America 1 movie. I feel like the plot just seemed very rushed. So much so that I couldn't really get to the point where I say I really like these changes and I'd love to see more of this character. Um, I thought it was good enough on its own, but it's just to me, it, it, it doesn't drive my interests up as much as I would have hoped it would. I think you just hit it there. Exactly. It's that they are essentially just reversing the roles and then just basically replaying the movie and using the viewer's previous knowledge of movies to just fill in the gaps quickly which is totally fine because you only have 20 minutes to do it but it's so lazy that like any other what if is just like well what if we trade these two people and like that's also why i'm not super excited about some of the future ones that look like uh we are keeping the same character so assume they have the same character traits but they're just now put into the situation that somebody else was in and that's not like a real multiverse thing. <laughs> like a multiverse thing would have been like changing the roles and also changing certain characteristics or something like that. Like making Steve Rogers evil or something like that. That would be interesting. And I feel like that's where I kind of hoped it would go. Um, because if we are exploring the multiverse, I feel like it's okay for us to get really zany and crazy into where we go. But yeah, to me, it felt like this episode was playing it too safe, and it was relying on a lot of people's past knowledge of the MCU. And I feel like they maybe think that that's going to be the rewarding part of it, but to me, it just kind of seems like, 
okay, if it's not done any better, to me, it just comes down to like, we've been here before. I've seen this, a similar situation to this. I just enjoyed that better than mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I com- I completely agree. And I think that's, uh, I think that's exactly what I was feeling, but I couldn't describe is that it's just like, I'm just watching Captain America again, but just changing the two positions of the two main characters. Yeah, no, I Captain didn't like Britain. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to see like the same way that like Clone Wars, the animated series, did like arcs. You can keep these episodes short. I'm not asking you to be like, give me an hour long episode, although that would accomplish the same amount of time. But give me like three episodes of this and actually build up a totally different plot where it's like, OK, maybe they keep the same characteristics, but give me details of like why why did this branch out so much different right and the other thing that kind of threw me off a little bit is we get Haley atwell back as the voice of peggy carter we get sebastian stan back to reprise his role as winter soldier but the rest of the cast is different and so that also kind of throws me off a bit um again because i've kind of seen this scenario before and to me like howard stark didn't quite sound like howard stark he was yeah he was so weird it's almost like an imitation and it's just not quite executed as well as i thought yeah you either go um all different act oh, i guess yeah you go like all different actors or you get them all back it's weird to do a hybrid right but uh maybe we get into a couple specifics of the plot like what what specifically worked what scenes were good what and then maybe what ones didn't really work so we kind of covered that like the general plot of it was the same as the movie and maybe that's what made it not work i think like we were talking about before like the message to the public is what works for this episode is that and especially younger viewers like um the major point that deviated or that um created this nexus event or whatever they want to call it too is just that like Peggy remained in the room as opposed to being told to go somewhere else. And like that dramatically changes her life because she, you know, keeps a seat at the table. And that one event basically pegs her to be the next uh, or the the first super soldier that the Marvel Universe has seen versus it being uh, Steve. So I thought that worked. And I thought like having the line of events up to that point being exactly the same as the movie, I'm totally cool with it. And then like once it starts deviating, there's some bits that, like, I don't know if they really made that much sense. Like, Steve Rogers becoming Iron Man. <laughs> it seems like a very odd jump in logic for Howard Stark to immediately think, oh, now that I have the Tesseract, I'm going to build this Iron Man suit. Like, it that was never on his mind. As soon as he received the Tesseract in the movies, he just thought about, like, mm, how do I use this for energy? Or it would have made sense if he put on the suit. Yeah, I don't know what Steve Rogers would have done then, but like, it's a weird, like, that's, that's where I would want like a second episode. If you're going to make that diversion, give me a reason to believe it other than just him being like, aha, I have this and a light bulb moment. Like, <laughs> why did that pop in his head? Right. And I feel like there, there's a lot of things that they kind of did a little bit differently. They they you know the, the what did they call it the hydra stomper is what the suit was ultimately called it looked yep, like yep. uh it looked like the iron monger character from the first iron man movie is that um jeff bridges yeah yeah it did 
the other thing too is like I think the um the the, the final villain was kind of odd. Uh, the tentacled monster. Yeah, what the heck was that? I thought they were gonna bring out like Thanos or something. Like, <laughs> right. Or I was thinking like, okay, I I thought Peggy's moment to save the world was gonna be something a little bit more elaborative or. I'm trying to think, like, what could they have done? But a tentacle monster was definitely not <laughs> on my the on my list of things. Yeah, it didn't yeah. make any sense. Where was it coming from? <laughs> also, I get why that, like would... the tesseract is the as described in the movies, it's the door, like the gateway to the rest of the universe. So it literally could be from anywhere. But I would be surprised that it's not a monster that we've seen before. Um, like even like that dragon from. Uh, Thor Ragnarok at the beginning. That or like, I don't know, something. Uh, g- give us one of the one of those um, Titans that you see um, in Guardians of the Galaxy, the ones that were wielding the Infinity Stones or something. That would have been crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It just to me, th- yeah. There's some elements that just didn't quite work, and it seemed like they had no idea what to kind of put in there so they're like right, first thought that kind of comes to your head is what it was is what get puts on which is i feel like the service because the series itself looks beautiful the animation looks really good i'm excited to see what they could do but still one thing that i thought was cool was her going through the portal and not that she would have come like it makes no sense that she would come back in the future timeline uh, because it just transfers between space, not time. But I thought it was cool that they brought her back, like in that moment, like the same way that Steve came back 70 years later. I didn't know how they were going to do that. So I thought that one worked. I guess she's one of the Avengers now. Yeah, like she would be Captain America of the Avengers, which uh, I would I would want to see a m- episode after, like how it bleeds into that. Well, too bad. <laughs> no, I know too bad, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you had an arc of, like, three episodes, you could do yeah. her becoming uh, Captain Britain and then a second one of, like, the the conflict and then her coming back as the third one. Yeah, that's true. What did you think of those uh, moments where they kind of call back to events from the first movie? Like, when uh, Bucky... I think was pulled up on the train. He like made a comment or something about losing his arm. Yeah, that was um, it was good to see that she could get the job done when Steve failed his friend. <laughs> uh, no, I thought those were cool, like little fan service, like and also the the idea that like when you travel through time, um, all you can really do is cause a ripple, but it won't like eventually the surface of the water will go back flat. So it's still going to happen the way that it was meant to happen. Um, so it was cool to see that like all those events like that, no matter what they did differently, it still led them back to like that train sequence because that's where red skull would be instead of the doctor that they already captured. So I like seeing the, those ideas of like, well, we can still do the same scenarios. I wonder if that's going to be the formula for the series moving forward, because I hope that we get um, episodes where we deviate more from the movies than 
than we saw here. Just because I like it's animation, I'd love for them to see uh, different sequences at least. Yeah, I mean it's hard to tell from the trailer, but it looks like the one that I think is supposed to be next, right, is the T'Challa as Star Lord, or it's one yeah. of the next ones. It looks that like one's that's going to be emotional. Is it his voice? I really, I know people have said that it is, but it doesn't sound like him at all. It is. It's uh, it's it's Chadwick Boseman's final performance as T'Challa. And I'm not sure if this is true, but I've heard that he actually recorded this while he was uh, undergoing treatment. So it could be that his voice is a little bit different because of that. Oh, okay. But it looks like from the trailer that it's just the uh, getting the Power Stone bit of Guardians, right? It seems like it, yeah. So it, we might be in for more of the same of just take one character with their personality traits from where you know them. And plug them into another scene that, uh, and see how they would handle it. Yeah, I, I wonder if we'll have like an overarching, like not theme, but like timeline here because I, I don't know. It seems like we're, we're they're doing a lot of these individual one-offs. I hope that they tie them down somehow down the line. Is that the point of the series? I don't know. Yeah, but maybe it's also just like a little filler to uh, tie it over the fans until something new. Probably. Although I did hear we're supposed to be getting some of these characters in live, live action at some point. But I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I don't either. Any other specific bits of uh, of this movie or of this episode that you would want to talk about? No, not really. I'm, I'm looking forward to what else they have coming. Um, I just I feel like I'm hoping that they kind of branch off of the formula of this first episode and just give us something a little bit more different uh, in the coming episodes. Uh, what about like future episodes? Are, are there any topics that are of uh, special special intrigue to you? Marvel Zombies has always been an interesting story for me from the comics, just because it, it played on like this whole. And also came out around the time that it, like zombies were like uber popular. So I don't know what they're gonna do with it in this show, but I'm interested in that. And I'm interested in what looks like Spider Man with Doctor Strange's cape. Yeah, I saw that one too. Like he's the new uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, but they call him Zombie Hunter Spider-Man. That would make him like the most powerful superhero, wouldn't it? I think it would. It's a little unfair. You got spider powers and magic? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty insane. Uh, Yeah, that one looks really cool. I think uh, anytime Iron Man's in an episode, that's going to be for me. So there's one for him with Killmonger, right? Yeah, there's one with him and Killmonger. There's one uh, where it looks like a murder mystery kind of thing. So Iron Man, I think, is dead in that one. Not exactly the presence you want him to be, but still. All right. A dead Iron Man is still better than no Iron Man. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Hawkeye one looks like it could be interesting, right? Like, he's supposed to be the Hulk instead. I did see that. That... (laughs) That and the Ant Man head in a jar have me kind of scratching my head as to what where they're going with it. But yeah, all yeah. uh, Futurama. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, any, anything else you want to? You have any takes on this, or any notes for the series? No, I, well, a couple things, I guess, just to kind of note from here. But um, you know, aside from this being Chadwick Boseman's final performance as T'Challa, 
sad to see it, but I, I'm glad we at least get you know that as part of the show. Um, the show already has a season two, so interested to see what they kind of do with this. Um, again, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but um, the the visuals are really nice. And I just I just hope that we establish some sort of maybe story arch or something with this that kind of get my attention a little bit more in the coming weeks. Um, and then this episode, the season was supposed to include ten episodes, but apparently it's been cut down to nine. Not quite sure what's going on with that, but um, that's what's that's what's going on. I think after this show, though, I think we're set to either get Hawkeye or Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. So I don't know how I don't know if we're gonna have any tie into that on this show. Uh, but if we do, it'd be a good way to kind of start weaving it into the mainline MCU as these are supposed to be canon to those alternate universes that we see in Loki but you know we'll we'll see what we get out of it yeah and i think what this show does is offers up some a little bit of evidence that like you could do a marvel animated show and i'm sh- and i think the audience would be there to support it so i don't know if you have to put as much time and money into creating a Wanda, Falcon, or Loki series. I think you could kind of accomplish that with some characters that are C or D list tier that uh, that could just get like an arc on this series. I think that would be interesting. It would be. And supposedly Marvel Studios has formed a branch for just animation. So they're definitely going big time into into animation. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with with that animation wing because it could be like more MCU projects, but I'm curious to see if we're going to get like long term individual character animated series. Like I'd love a animated Spider-Man series or X-Men series again, similar to what we got back in the 90s. Yeah, I wasn't really big into those in the 90s, so I would like to give that a go now that I have this like uh, affinity towards the towards the genre. Dude, you should try the X-Men animated series. I think that one's timeless. I might do that. Uh, on our way out here, we will be doing a review of the Bad Batch series as well. Now that that's coming to a close after 17 short weeks. We're told to get the tissues ready on Friday because um, it's going to be a it's going to be a sad one. R.I.P. Wrecker. <laughs> we'll see what happens i'm excited to 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 take a look at how they wrap things up with that show yeah so we'll have a whole episode devoted to that talking about uh not necessarily specifics but just the arc of the series and general thoughts about it as well but uh like always if you think there's anything we missed in this uh marvel what if series opener or if you think there we we should try and tackle the other ones uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at BT4thWall, 4 being 4th. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>